The music for this episode is from Tracy Cutler's CD, The Path. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Musicians Real Talk. I'm your host, Glenn Douglas. Musicians Real Talk is a podcast which serves to provide life stories and information about musicians performing in and around the Washington, Maryland, and Virginia areas. So you understand, musicians, we arrive at the job, we exchange greetings, we perform, we break down, and eventually we go our separate ways. Rarely do we engage in our life stories or share in conceptual devices which contribute to our approach to this thing called music. The Musicians Real Talk podcast aims to fill that void. Frederick Douglass made the following quote, It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. My guests today are two musicians who met in elementary school, attended the same schools all the way up to finishing college with degrees in music education from the University of the District of Columbia. They are the remaining founding members of the second longest established jazz group in the DMV, Collaboration, a jazz group that has performed in the D.C. area and abroad for over 35 plus years. In this episode, we will have a conversation about this starting music. We will cover how their interest in music kept them from the negative distractions of the surrounding community and also pay homage to the people who played pivotal roles in their development as musicians and men. Everyone welcome Tracy Cutler and Dr. Kenneth Dickerson to the Musicians Real Talk podcast. Hey, I'd like to start off with, uh, what is the origin of you guys' friendship? Go ahead, man. (laughs) The origin of our friendship? Yes. Okay, well, this is Tracy, and uh, I met Kenny because I was swinging on the playground in fourth grade at Parkview Elementary, and I saw his sister, and I thought she was cute. And when I found out that she was his that he was her brother, I said, well, if I get to know him and hang out with him, I might get to <laughs> hold hands with his sister. Because, you know, we elementary school, so we're, we're holding hands, of course. And, um, you know, after a while, you know, we, we sort of, I just sort of kicked his sister aside. <laughs> and me and Kenny still hanging. <laughs> no, that's my good buddy, though. Now, we've been hanging for a long time, ever since then. Fourth grade. Yeah, I um, I was in the audience one time and um, at Parkview, and Tracy was was the first was the first uh, uh, contemporary jazz artist. You know, he did this tune that was a hit tune at the time. And if you're old enough, you understand the name. You know, you know the name of the tune. It was called "The Touch of You," oh, and yeah. Tracy was playing it on clarinet. Clarinet. I was like, "Oh, this dude can play." He gotta be my friend, you know. I'm like, oh no, man, because I wanted to play music so bad. I'm like, oh no, we gotta, we gotta be friends. And uh, of course, he turned the little, little talent show out and stuff. Right. And didn't they give you a trophy or something, man? Nah, they didn't give not for that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it was, it was fun though. Yeah, it that was, was it was real cool, man. So <laughs> we became friends, and, and and what what happened was we realized that we lived around the corner from each other. Right. And see, and the other piece was. You know, Tracy's mom and dad used to stack their cabinet up, stock the cabinet up, man, with Pop-Tarts and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we used to go around 
around there, man, and we sitting around there hitting those pop tarts, man, and stuff. That's toast and pop tarts. Remember that, man? Oh yeah, pop tarts, toasted pop tarts, and orange sherbet. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, <laughs> cool. Um, Kenny, what got you started into music? Oh man, I, I um always wanted to play. You know, I was I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and, and lived a few doors, actually, from Motown. Um, hated it. Hated it? Hated why, it, man. Why, 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 why because, did you hate it? But the real deal is because it was Motown, a funeral home, our house, and another funeral home. So every day I would ask to go outside and play. My mom and then my aunt would be like, no, you can't play outside. I'm like, well, why not? They're like, because it's a funeral today. You know, it's like people are dying every day. I'm like, do people die every day? And they say, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I hate this place because we could never go outside. So one day, one day, you know, everybody's like racing to the front window because it was like a little stoop or something there. And all the older folks was racing to the front window. And they'd be like, Kenny, come to the front window. So I came and I just saw a bunch of adults getting out cars, walking into right. this house. Right. And I didn't understand that, man. I mean, probably like first grade or something like that and i was like this is crazy i would leave and go try to watch cartoons or whatever they'd be standing there talking about these people pointing and everything but one day they called me to the to the window they said kenny hurry up hurry up you gotta hurry up so i ran to the window and there was a little kid walking in there right and i was like what is this little kid doing going in there he's like well he's making music and i wanted to play i wanted to make music Come to find out, the little kid was Stevie Wonder. Wow. So I sat there on that stoop waiting for him to come out. Right. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And then after I was like, Kenny, you got to go to bed. I was like, I, I want to I see this kid one more time. He's like, no, nah, you got to go to bed. Come to find out later that, of course, because Stevie was blind, he would practice all night. Night Nighttime meant nothing to him. Right. So, you know, that was, that was really the... the uh, what can I say? That thing catapulted me in. And I guess you know, uh, music chooses you. You know, you don't you don't choose it. Many mm -hmm. people right. want to play, right. and they they don't get there. But I got bit by the bug early, man. Mm. Now, now, I, if I remember correctly, you had a picture of you and Stevie Wonder. Oh wow! Yeah. 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 And, and I was wondering, did you ever tell them that story? You know what? Nah, man. I wish I, I wish I had a when I met him, man. I was so dead going nervous, you know. Right, uh, right. You know, I was so just just elated to finally, you know, get a chance to talk to that cat. What I did tell him though, I was like, hey, man, one day, either I'm gonna play for you or I'm gonna play with you, right. you know. And hopefully that'll happen before it's all over with. We getting close. What y'all think? We getting close, right? No, yeah. I, think I got a lot of mileage on. <laughs> I still, you know, I still, I still got some 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 tread on these tires, That's right. man. I still there you go. Tread. Right. Hey, how about that? How about that, Tracy? How did you get into this thing called music? Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, first of all, all my brothers and sisters at one point played an instrument in school, in grade school. So me picking up an instrument when I got in elementary school wasn't a big deal. But what was a big deal was before that, there was a friend of ours in the neighborhood. And this was, I think, even before me and Kenny used to hang. His name was Calvin Conway. Yep. And Calvin Conway was a, 
brutal guitar player. Wow. He was a heck of a musician. And we, when we were younger, we talking about elementary school, like first, second, third grade. Calvin had this plastic acoustic guitar. I'll never forget that thing. It was black with a white, the, the body of it, the whole body and the neck was black. And the face, the, the front of the body was white plastic with those little, um, not rubber strings, but them little nylon, cheap little plastic strings. Yeah. And um, I would run in the house every other day and, and be like, Mom, Dad, I gotta have one, gotta have one, gotta have one. They actually bought me one. And I mean, you're talking about, it was like a toy guitar almost. And I would follow Calvin around and play whenever, he, you know, he would let me. And, I, you know, he would show me stuff. As we got older, as we started to get older, Calvin was part of some of the basement bands. And then there were some other guys in the neighborhood, part of some basement bands, we, we used to call them. Because they would practice in the basements, of course. And they played um, at the Tivoli Theater. That was at Fort, 14th yep. okay. and Park Road. Yep. 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 They played at the Lincoln Theater, which was down on U Street. And they used to do these, they used to have these shows on Saturday mornings that the community would come in for free. And this was before, I mean, if, if, if anybody knows, you know, 14th Street and U Street now, we're talking about not before it got rebuilt, but before the riots. Right. When, right, when right. everything was thriving and it was a serious community, but it was a, you know, it was a caring community. Mind you, I lived, over by Hospital Center on Irving Street. And we would walk on Saturday mornings all the way over to 14th and Park Road. That's, that's a kind of a hike. That's a hike. Yeah, or, yeah. or walk all the way down to U Street. I mean, you're talking about me being like a eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid. Right. Uh-huh. And it's just a group of us. So, but that's, that's how things were then. But, you know, seeing those basement bands, having that guitar. That sort of just stayed with me, and so like like Kenny said when he when he caught me playing the touch of you, that was just a um, that was sort of my way of, of trying to, to get into it because those cats you know I couldn't play clarinet in those basement bands, right. <laughs> but um, you know I, I found a way to, to you know I was I was able to work it in for that one song for that little talent show whatever it was that we had that day, and um, you know it went on and on. Um, and for the record, when I f- first got in the band in school, I asked for a trombone. Okay. And you got a clarinet. The, the teacher looked at me <laughs> and gave me a clarinet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and the rest is history, I always say. Yes, yeah. So, uh, both of you uh, attended Cadoza uh, High School. So, um, who would you say... What's your, your your biggest influences there at um Cadoza? Well, let's let let check this out. Miss Hunton was our first music teacher. Right. Norma Hunton. Mm-hmm. Gotta give her some love. We went to Banneker though. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was a guy named Hype Davison. Mm-hmm. Davidson. 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 His, his real name was Davidian. Okay. But, but you know, we had. Of course, we, we had. We brutalized the name. <laughs> you know, and, and he was cool. He just said, everybody just call me Davidson. Yeah. So, so what was what was funny, man, uh, of course, I was trying to learn how to play drums, drum set. And Tracy, 
this guy named Timothy Dixon, and it was two other guys. They would come to my house in the morning time, man, and literally all of us would be in a line carrying my drum set. Carrying drum set. <laughs> to school, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't really have a real drum set. I had a bass drum, and the rest were snares that mm-hmm. I would just angle and use a couple for times. It was really funny, man. I guess you had to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys were dedicated. They would meet me every morning, man. And we would walk those drums down and walk those drums back home, man. But sitting there at Banneker, uh Calvin Jones in, in the high school stage band, Cadoza came to Banneker. Mm-hmm. And, man, they turned that place out. And I sat there and there. I said, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I pointed right down like, I want to do that. And I looked at Trace. I said, man, you going to Cadoza? And he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to Cadoza now. Mind you, uh, Mr. Davidson said, look, we want y'all to go to Duke Ellington. Yeah. And I was like... Because they would, they would... No, I was going to say... Yeah, yeah go ahead. I was going to piggyback on that. They were just about to open Duke Ellington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we would have been part of that, that, first, that first class. class. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I think in the back of our mind, we wanted to go. But we had been seeing this Cadoza thing for years. My oldest sisters... Um, one sister was a majorette. One sister was a um, flag girl. And my brother, one of my brothers had been in the band early in the program. But, um, you know, we were, we were like, we going we in the Cadoza, man. We come to the marching bands. Cadoza it, it was, was, was killing. Was, but yeah, I, had, man. I had to beg my mother to go there because she didn't want me to go there. Really? She was like, no, nah, I don't want you to go there. I'm like, Ma, please, please let me go there. <laughs> Why she, didn't she want you to go to Cadoza? You know, quite sure. She's a single African-American male mother and hearing stories about what was happening in the neighborhood we surrounded by 14th street u street right at the time right, right, it right. was drug city a whole bunch of chaos going on mm-hmm. fights and all that Pro- stuff a lot of pros- prostitution that's when yeah. that's when they were all and, down on 14th and k and yeah, all the way yeah. up 14th and, that's right. and back in the day you know folks were robbing people man <laughs> <laughs> you had to maneuver your way through that bad boy right. talking about walking through the valley of shadows death that's exactly what it was mm-hmm. so but when we went there we both chose Cadoza, jumped in the marching band but then when jones was there man my god bro stage band rehearsals man mm-hmm. that was just outstanding man you're talking about calvin jones calvin, yeah. calvin jones, jones the was, calvin yeah, jones it was, it was fun that and the, the, the irony is with all of that craziness that was going on at Cadoza. if you were if you were in that band mm-hmm. or if you were a member of one of the gangs that 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 was their turf up there right nobody would mess with you wow. and the, the gang members the, the the thugs and the knuckleheads they wanted to be your friend Right, because wow. you were in the band. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they yeah, gave you cool. a pass. Oh, yeah. He's like, no, yeah. these young is working on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's cool. So we got a pass to like kind of, you know, go through. Now, after certain hours, now, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get no pass. That's right. But, but for the most part, man, you know, we we got a pass. And the other the other cat who was there was uh, Robert Gill. Mm-hmm. Robert Gill with that marching band, man. Mm-hmm. And see what it was. Gill was the band director, but Calvin Jones was writing the music. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. And, okay. And so he they um they had this concept called the Marching One Hundred. Mm-hmm. Really, the Marching One Hundred. And we're talking about the band, the flags, and the pom pom, um, the majorettes. Everybody, all of them, was no more than a hundred people. Wow. So that's a small group, okay. right? 
But the way Jones would write, the band would sound huge. Tony wow. band. Wow. Jones could write, and I mean, it was it was ugly. Um, I was going to ask, what, uh, enlighten us on the the concept of the of the one hundred. Well, and I mean, and that's that's what it was about. We only had what about maybe forty five, maybe fifty band members, yeah, right. musicians, musicians, right. and but you know everybody had learned to play with a big sound. Okay. And everybody learned how to read music. Mm-hmm. So, so a whole lot of guys in that band that came from Shaw Junior High School. Yep. So that was another one of our, our, our adopted mentors that adopted us and we adopted him, mm-hmm. Lloyd Hoover. Yep. Okay. Um, rest his soul, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so those guys, along with us from Banneker, a lot of us kids from Banneker, we came up reading music, and I mean, all through elementary and junior high school. So when we got to Cadoza, Gil just, they just took us and they ran with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like I said, Gil would do the marching band, Jones would do the writing and arranging for the marching band, and then do the jazz band. And so, along with doing all that playing, a lot of the legends that um, lived in, and worked in DC. Jones was a member of that Howard Theater band mm-hmm. when that thing was thriving. So those cats would come to the school and do workshops. Oh, um, cool, man! Everybody knows. Um, everybody knows um, Keith Kilgo, yeah. drummer for the Blackbirds. Right. His father, piano player, mm-hmm. he was one of the guys that used to come over there with them. Um, Andrew White mm-hmm. was wow. one was one of the guys. Saxophone, the, yeah. the foremost authority on John Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used to come over there. Um, Dr. Arthur Dawkins, yep. who uh, who um, is the chairman emeritus at Howard University, their jazz study department. He launched that jazz study department over there. Um, he was one of the guys who used to come over. Ben, wow, ben Segunda. Ben Segunda was one of my first mm-hmm. trap teachers, man. Mm-hmm. He right. gave me that Jim Cha- Cha- Chapin book, mm-hmm. and I still have it to this day. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm trying to tell you, man. It was yeah. real cool. You know, look at, you know, when you sit and talk about it and reflect on it, you know, and I mean, it's just like life. You, you just don't realize how rich your life is until you, you really get a chance to sit still and think about it. And I mean, you know, looking back on that stuff, I mean, we just had some, some, some folks that just poured into us and we didn't even know. We was like, you know, we don't care. It's just fun. We get, yeah, <laughs> this was, is so cool. I was going to ask, man, I mean, at, at what point? Did it dawn on you the, the 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 value of this education that you were getting? Because think about it, these people that they're coming in, man, they're teaching you pretty much for free. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That that you know, you, you know what, man, <laughs> Calvin Jones. Um, this cat has so many students out here, man, that are doing major things in this world of music. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like putting things in categories but I'm telling you man it's just so many people who influence us being high school students at the time you know we we didn't know I mean I didn't know jazz musicians I couldn't name jazz musicians man when I was in high right, school right. you know I thought Grover Washington was a jazz musician <laughs> which, you know, which he is I mean, but, he is, different, but I'm just saying, different era I mean he broke through with Mr. Magic and stuff and Herbie Hancock mm-hmm. you know you start off with those names and those folks start asking about other people I'm like it was so many different names. I, I couldn't. Yeah. 
I couldn't hold on to him. But now, you know, if somebody's talking about Clark Terry, somebody's talking about Train or Bird or Miles, and the list goes on and on, you know, uh, um, Duke Ellington and so on and so forth, you know all these different players now and stuff. So just being around. And, and now, upon reflection, having Andrew White mm-hmm. as Tracy's saxophone right. teacher, Dr. Arthur Dawkins as a teacher, having Calvin Jones as the main cat, Right. And because he was there, mm-hmm. because he was there, man, he went to UDC. And it, it broke my heart, man, when he told us our senior year. Our senior year. That he was leaving. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, this cat is leaving, man. <laughs> right. He said, yeah, man, I got to go. I'm going down to the school. You know, I think it was Federal City that year. Mm-hmm. It was Federal City. You College. know, so the last year, you know, we didn't get a chance to, like, really throw down like we wanted to, right? So then as soon as we got out. We were following. He was trying, <laughs> trying to run down there. Well, well, I, 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 I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the the role that he played in your development as musicians, but also as men. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you this. Let me say this. Biggest, the biggest uh, uh, day. Of, listen, man. This thing. This this. You talking about mind blowing and earth shattering. I used to go to rehearsal, man, my ninth grade, I mean, 10th grade year. I used to sit there because I was the young kid, you know, I was a rookie. And, you know, I'm sitting there, uh, and there's another guy playing the chair at the time. So I was sitting in band practice. I'd go there, help set up the drums and everything. Tracy and them were already playing, you know. And I was sitting there, sitting there, because only one cat could play, man. That used to drive me nuts. One cat would, would be had the chin. You had to wait your turn. You talking about the drum set? The drum set. Playing the drum chair. Yeah, man. yeah. Play, play. They call it the hot seat. That's what Jones used to call it, the hot seat. So I had to sit there every practice, man, just listen, listen. So I go to Jones one day, one afternoon. I said, Mr. Jones, uh, you think if you have like a small gig or something, an unimportant gig, that I can get some time, you know, to play? And Jones, you know, <laughs> in perfect Calvin Jones style, he looked at me, stood up straight. Man... You'll never play for me, son, because all my gigs are important. (laughs) (laughs) That thing went straight through me, man. I was like, oh, Mm. because it was the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I was thinking to myself, I was like, how dare, what what type of idiot are you to walk up to this man and say something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But from that point on, though, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care. I don't care if it's two people sitting in the audience Mm -hmm. or one or no people. I play like it's my last gig. Right. Like it's the most, because it is. It's the while you're in the moment, yeah. that gig is your most important gig. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Period. So you talking about developing me, turning me into a man? Mm-hmm. That made me stay in the moment for the rest of my life and deal with the importance of each moment. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I talked that I always try to impress upon this this these generations that are coming now as students coming through grade school like we did was that as you go into high school and as you go into college and as you go through life you, you need to really find something to belong to mm-hmm. to be a part of right i mean you know me and kenny we were fortunate that we had found friendship in fourth grade and we had been each other's checks and balances for a long right. time mm-hmm. but we had also found this music thing, and Calvin Jones was that that thing that sort of snatched us out of the grips of, you know, what was going on in the community. You know, like we said, it was a whole bunch of stuff going on. A lot of folks, a lot of our peers, a lot of guys that were older, and even guys that were younger. You're talking about 
drug addiction, um, alcohol, alcoholism, mm-hmm. jail, and and even not being with us anymore. Right, and right. Mm-hmm. We got friends, and we have friends, good people in all categories. We 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 had we played on the playground and ran around and hung with the summer camp with some of the, the, the some of the, 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 the um, biggest drug dealers. <laughs> and, and I mean, <laughs> now nah, go ahead, man. I'm no, but I mean, but I mean, yeah. and I say that with, with with in all seriousness, we we were right in the middle, you right. know, and the scales could have. You know, by the grace, you know how they say by the grace of God? Absolutely. Right. Uh-huh. Well, you know, we had that influence of Calvin Jones early in our lives. Like Kenny said, in, in, in elementary school, we started seeing him. Mm-hmm. And we would, we would be able to hang over at Cadoza and experience him. Before we went to Cadoza, while we were coming through junior high school, we could do some of the summer programs. Right, Oliver Twist, the uh-huh. play. So and we would go over and be a part of the band, mm-hmm. and Mr. Gill, Mr. Jones would conduct in the band. It was just a it was a summer job for them, right? But for us, it was a lifeline. Yes, yeah. Lord. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, you know, as a matter of fact, Kenny, I still have that Oliver Twist program. Wow! Wow, man! Wow! I still <laughs> have that program. Wow, man! It's deep. Um, so. You know, and I saw your name is in there's a whole bunch of folks' names that that we know. But you know, all that man, that Jones was a great influence, and he set a whole lot of people. He set a whole lot of people on their way. Yeah, um, just like any good father would do. Right. He, he he clothed you, he fed you, he raised you up, and then he kicked you out. Right, <laughs> right. And said, you know, go take care of it. And he showed you a lot of different ways to do it. One, of, and I know I'm kind of all over the place, but one <laughs> of the, now you good. No, no. One of the things, one of the most important things that he had ever done with me, Jones would take me, and he would take Kenny and all of us. Me, this, he would take us, and we would go to um, senior centers. Okay. And we would play these jazz standards because now he would teach us this music. You know, he, he'd assign us songs, he'd assign us the changes and tell us to learn how to play on them. He'd try to teach us the character of the music, the jazz music. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he, he would take us to these senior centers and he would tell us the first couple of times we were doing it, he was like, okay, look, um, you're going to see some people that's, you know, some of them are in really bad shape. Some of them are at a point in life where it's not much left that they have to, to you know, look forward to. Okay. He said, but you're, he said, you're going to bring some life into them. Oh, wow. And, wow. And, and he, he, you know, he, he didn't say that as much as he showed it because he would say, okay, let's go. We're going to play this. And we played these songs and we could see these people. You know, we could see that light, that glow come back in their spirit. And it just taught us, you know, there is a there's a, a wide community of people that we have been gifted to serve. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Tracy Cutler and Dr. Kenneth Dickerson. The music in the background comes from Tracy's CD, The Path. 
If you'd like more information on purchasing his music, go to www.tracycutler.com. That's www.tracycutler.com. Or you can send an email to info at tracycutler.com. To listen to more episodes of the Musicians Real Talk podcast, go to www.glendouglasmusic.com. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Remember, music is God's gift to the world. It is not your invention. Thank you for listening to the Musicians Real Talk podcast.